Welcome to Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes, brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. This is Kyle Hyman, and I'm not here with Bishop today, but instead joined by the producer of Truth and Charity, Miriam Schmidt. Hello. How are you doing, Mary? Good. How are you doing? Good. So we have a special episode today. You might remember back to a previous episode, we had a, a little wager on the Cupertino Classic, which is a basketball game between our priests, seminarians. Bishop won the wager. And so to hold up my end of the bargain, we're doing a special episode of Truth and Charity, highlighting some behind the scenes and some clips from the ordination mass of three of our brand new priests. Bishop gets a show off. Yes. Yes, he so he really, won. And Miriam has a lot more work to do than usual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Win-win situation, really. <laughs> so yeah, it was Saturday, June 1st, a beautiful morning here in Fort Wayne. And as usual, hundreds of people gathered for the priestly ordination mass. It's always a very popular event. Um, it could have been more perfect weather. Yeah, it really was. It was a beautiful day. It was really nice. At the Fort Wayne uh, Cathedral of the Immaculate Conception. So it was Deacon Daniel Neeser, Deacon Jose Arroyo, and Deacon Spencer St. Louis. They were ordained priests and therefore enabled to minister in the name of the church and Christ. And one of the favorite things I like to learn about priests, actually no matter where they are in their priesthood, is what led them to become a priest in the first place. So that's how we're going to start off our show with now Father Dan Neeser, then Deacon Dan Neeser, sharing how he felt the call to the priesthood. Well, quite interestingly, I never thought that God did call me to the priesthood, at least not until I started college. I went off to World Youth Day in Madrid, Spain in the summer 2011, right before I entered college with um, very little to no experience of maybe a, a deep prayer life or a deep relationship with Christ. So I went to Madrid, Spain and had uh, a, a renewed zeal and love for the faith and went off to college wanting to live this. And so it was really through those first couple months when I was at Wabash College, um, that I started to pray, that I started to truly love the Lord, and then start asking him um, specifically what he wanted me to do. And the one of the first things that came onto my heart was um, enter the seminary. And so, from that thought arose a deep uh, desire to do that. And so, I started talking with priests during that first year and um, before I knew it, I was filling out an application and I was accepted into the seminary. So I left college after that first year and entered seminary and it's been seven years uh, of uh, seminary life before I was ordained a priest. So uh, truly good blessing. All right. And here is Father, then Deacon Spencer St. Louis talking about when he knew he was being called to the priesthood. So God called me to the priesthood at a young age. I first felt the call around um, early, early elementary, middle school time, just by a lot of um, being close to the sacraments and, and prayer within the, the Adoration Chapel. My family would go to Mass frequently throughout the week. And then also after school, we would head to the Adoration Chapel at St. Vincent's and pray um, for at least 10 minutes, um, normally doing a holy hour each week. That foundation of prayer within the family life, both at the chapel and at home, doing a daily rosary together and among other prayers, novenas and, and prayer before meals really added to a foundation rooted in prayer, which allowed God to speak to my heart, to be able to enter into this um, vocational awareness 
to be open to the, the calling to the priesthood. And then that just keep, kept growing throughout my time in high school, eventually leading to interaction with the vocations office and entering into seminary for college uh, as a college seminarian. And then it's fascinating hearing his story and then pairing that up with hearing the story from his mother's perspective. I had an opportunity to talk with Mrs. St. Louis after the ordination, and she shared a little bit about that she knew that he was going to be a priest from when he was a, a baby. And so it was great hearing her side of the story. Actually, I already knew that that would happen. The Lord kind of shared that with me when he was very little. He was probably a baby when he did. Yeah, I, I knew it. The Lord, um, he shared both my kids' vocations, what they would be, probably to get me through. <laughs> so, you know, he gives us what we need. <laughs> and now here's then deacon <laughs> Jose Arroyo, now Father Jose, who says that when he was initially asked about becoming a priest, his answer was nope. So I was about um, nine years old when my mother asked me for the first time if I wanted to be a priest. And um, my answer was nope. <laughs> my dad said, why? You want to get married, have a family? I said, yes. So I don't know how I knew that priests were celibate, but I knew it. And it wasn't until I was 15 years old where I took my faith more seriously. And then um, I wanted to have a, a deeper relationship with the Lord and be more active in the church. So I got very much involved in my parish. And one day at a youth event, youth group, um, some seminarians had come and left some material and for vocations, you know, to discern uh, priesthood. And I thought of it. And I thought priests were awesome. I thought the seminarians are like um, Boy Scouts for priests. And I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll, maybe I should consider this. And um, eventually I talked to my pastor. He helped me discern to, uh, to enter into a high school seminary. That didn't work out. My parents didn't want me to move out of home. And then um, eventually I did. I joined the Franciscans and now I'm here in Fort Wayne. So going back a little bit, on May 29th, we had an episode of Truth and Charity where I talked with Bishop Rhodes about the ordination mass, and he broke down the different parts of the mass for us, and he said it's one of the highlights of the year for him is these ordination masses. Yeah, priesthood ordination is always one of the, the highlights of the year for me and I guess for the diocese as well and for our, all of our priests, and it's good. Three new priests were doing pretty well. So then... Before the ordination mass, we had our three deacons, soon to be priests, explain what their favorite thing or what they were looking forward to most about the ordination mass. And this is Deacon Spencer St. Louis's answer. I think overall, just the entire thing, but because it's such a special mass, we only do it um, once or twice a year. And so to be able to enter into this beautiful rite, that highlights not only the priesthood, but what the priesthood is for in the Eucharist is definitely something that I was looking forward to. The anointing of the hands with the sacred chrism, just realizing that these hands are are being set apart for something sacred. Um, The offering of the mass, the forgiveness of sins, um, administering the sacraments to all the faithful, as well as um, lying prostrate for the litany of saints, being able to realize that not only is the church community surrounding me here on earth was praying for me, but also that all of the saints in heaven were praying for my ministry and that through me as God's instrument, 
we can bring people closer to, to God and, and to their ultimate happiness being un, unified with him in heaven. And now here's then Deacon Jose Arroyo sharing something similar. He also mentioned the anointing of the hands. The part of the ordination mass that I'm looking forward to the most, I think, is the anointing of my hands. Because as a newly ordained priest, we give as a gift to our mothers uh, a manaturgium, which is like a little cloth. It's the, the cloth that we use to wipe our hands after the bishop has consecrated our hands during the ordination mass. So I think that will be significant, and I'm looking forward to that. And then here is Deacon Daniel Neeser's response. I think the part of the ordination mass, which is relatively similar to the last year's for the diaconate, that I'm most looking forward to is um, when I'm going to be concelebrating uh, at the altar next to Bishop Rhodes. Um, there was a neat moment in the diaconate ordination last year when, after being ordained, invested in everything, the deacons, you know, took their spot next to the bishop in their chairs. And when they sat down, they looked out and, you know, you're deacons. Uh, I would assume a similar thing is going to happen during this ordination when I'll be vested, I'll be ordained, everything will be going on. And all of a sudden, I'll be saying the words of consecration. And that's gonna blow me away i hope i i hope i i don't get too emotional or something so you know I, I you know i have to say the words or else it you know invalid mass so anyway uh i'm really looking forward to that part father andrew budzinski is our diocesan vocation director and he has been walking this journey with these seminarians for quite a while and kyle you had a chance to talk with them before the ordination mass we actually met up in what i think was like a custodian closet. That's interesting. <laughs> well, we were back in the sacristy and he thought it'd be quieter. That nah, wasn't any quieter. It's <laughs> <laughs> good to hear some of his stories and thoughts. Yeah. And here he is sharing what he's most looking forward to. I've honestly, for the last few weeks, just been thinking about how I now get to be a brother priest with them. And it's really interesting because I knew Spencer from before he was in the seminary and a teen at St. Vincent de Paul. And then I got to know him and Daniel and Jose as their vocation director. And that's kind of like, you know, a mentor or teacher, you know, role to a student, if you will. But now it's like brother priest. And that's wonderful. Wonderful. So as it got closer to the start of the mass, everybody's piled into the church. And I went ahead and went outside. I was the only layperson outside of the church, I think. It was all priests and seminarians and deacons and one bishop yep. lined up getting ready for the mass. And so I had a chance to talk to a few of the priests there and got some thoughts from Father Glenn Corman, pastor at Holy Family Parish in South Bend. Just uh, it's great to see the church grow and to have more people there to proclaim the good news of Jesus to the world. In our world, as broken and wounded as the church is, it's great to see young men who are still willing to give their life in service of the master. And that's the good news. Another priest that kind of caught my attention as I was walking down the line was Father Agassino, who is from the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal, the CFRs, based out of the Bronx in New York City. I was thinking that he was probably the priest that traveled the most, but he mentioned there was, I think, somebody from Miami, maybe. So right. he wasn't sure 
which was farther. Right. But he was in town for the ordination. And Father Jose used to be a member of their community before he discerned the diocesan priesthood here in the Fort Wayne South Bend Diocese. They've been friends for over a decade. And so here is Father Augustino just before the ordination mass began. I'm most excited about three men laying their lives down, dying to themselves in conformity with Jesus Christ and him crucified for the sake of his bride, the church, the salvation of the world. That's what I'm excited about. It's incredible when you think about it, how God uses poor, broken men to, to accomplish his work of salvation around the world. He uses everybody, but the priesthood, we need, we need Jesus. We need the Eucharist. We need men to be priests, and these men are doing it. Amen. Seminarians were there for the Mass as well, and Kyle, you were able to talk with our, one of our seminarians, <laughs> yeah. Joe Nepper, yeah. uh, while waiting for the Mass to start. So here's Joe reflecting on, God willing, his upcoming ordination, and especially the laying on of hands. Mm-hmm. God willing, I'll be ordained someday. And with the laying on of hands, I'm worried that uh, my hair is going to get messed up, but maybe by the time I'm ordained, I'll be less vain. Or or bald. Yeah, let's yeah, that's that's the fear. <laughs> I'll look like you someday, Kyle. There you go. All right. Very good. Now that I've offended people. <laughs> so we're gonna take a short break from our special priestly ordination mass episode of Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes, brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Welcome back to Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes. Bishop isn't with us today. Uh, but instead, I am joining Kyle Hyman, the host of the show. My name's Miriam Schmitz, and we are doing a special episode focusing on the Priestly Ordination Mass, which was celebrated Saturday, June 1st. So, so far, we've played clips from then deacons, Jose Arroyo, uh-huh. Spencer St. Louis, and Dan Neeser, as well as a few priests and religious who were super excited to attend the Mass. We talked about how it was a beautiful Saturday morning. Um, it was a packed cathedral, and you had just interviewed priests who were waiting outside while all the lay people were inside the cathedral. Yeah, just trying to get the the vibe, the vibe, the atmosphere here. See, yeah, yeah. This is just, a true behind the scenes oh, yeah, peak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now it's time for the ordination mass to begin, and mm-hmm. the organ began to play its majestic tune, and the fourth degree Knights of Columbus. Pro- processed down the aisle and then they flanked either side of the aisle with their swords with their swords drawn always very um prestigious looking then after a brief pause in music and an introduction the procession began with the ordinandi dressed in their deacon stoles for the last time and then the seminarians deacons priests servers and finally our good bishop Rhodes mm-hmm. walks in and as they walk down the aisle the cathedral choir began to sing the entrance hymn, which was, O Christ, High Priest Eternal. And here's something that not everybody may know. The lyrics were written by our own Monsignor Michael Heinz. What? Especially, yes. Like he wrote the lyrics to that song? He wrote the lyrics, especially for priestly ordination masses. Huh. So here's a little clip of it. Yeah. 
So then we went into the liturgy of the word, and this was maybe more typical to a regular mass that there's different readings chosen by the seminarians. The first was the call of the prophet Jeremiah. Second reading was proclaimed in Spanish, came from 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And then finally, the gospel was from the book of John chapter 10. And then afterwards, Father Andrew called each deacon up by name, and they presented them to Bishop Rhodes. Most Reverend Father, Holy Mother Church asks you to ordain these, our brothers, to the responsibility of the priesthood. Do you know them to be worthy? After inquiry among the Christian people and upon the recommendation of those responsible, I testify that they have been found worthy. Relying on the help of the Lord God and our Savior Jesus Christ, we choose these, our brothers, for the order of the priesthood. Thanks be to God. Then it was time for Bishop's homily, and in his homily, Bishop connected the priesthood to the Eucharist, the mystery of faith, and a theme from the readings chosen by the seminarians, the victory of the Good Shepherd. The ministerial priesthood was instituted by Christ as an office of love. Through their ordination today, Spencer, Jose, and Dan will become united in a singular and exceptional way to the Eucharist. They will be entrusted with the great mystery of faith. They will receive the sacred power to offer the Eucharistic sacrifice. At the altar, they will exercise their priestly office in a supreme degree according to the Second Vatican Council. And from the Eucharistic sacrifice, their whole priestly ministry will draw its strength. Spencer, Dan, and Jose, you will become directly associated with what Jesus accomplished at the Last Supper. You are called not only to offer the Eucharistic sacrifice, but also to generously Live in your lives this victory of love, the victory of the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. You place yourselves today at the service of this love. You are to live the Eucharist you celebrate. Then Bishop talked about an illness that he said should prevent ordination and help the congregation to learn a little Greek at the same time. He also talked about this in another episode of Truth and Charity. That's right. There's an illness which I think should be an impediment to priesthood ordination. It's called staurophobia. I would not ordain a man if I thought he had staurophobia. And I know that these three men are not afflicted with this illness. I better explain what that word means, because I don't know if anyone here in church, other than maybe Monsignor Heinz, with his knowledge of Greek, can translate it. 
I should ask how many priests to raise their hand if they know what staurophobia means. Staurophobia means fear of the cross. As I said earlier, the definitive act of Christ's priesthood was his sacrifice on the cross. A man will not be a holy priest if he has staurophobia. My brothers, we must not be afraid of carrying the cross, of giving ourselves in love. After his homily came the promise of the elect, and this is where Bishop asked the deacons a series of five questions together as a group, and in the process, they declared their intentions to assume the responsibilities of the priesthood. And um, on the May 29th episode of Truth and Charity, Bishop talked about how the last question he asks the group is the most profound one. And then probably the most profound question of all is the last question. And I will ask them, do you resolve to be united more closely every day to Christ the high priest who offered himself for us to the Father as a pure sacrifice and with him to consecrate yourselves to God for the salvation of all. So it's really important. I mean, they're being configured to Christ the high priest who was also the victim. He was also the sacrifice. So they're configured to Christ in their souls at ordination, but then they have to live that configuration. In other words, every day, especially through their prayer, to be united to Christ. So then just kind of running through this ordination mass a little bit more, after a series of questions, the soon-to-be priests, not not quite priests yet. Nope, not yet. Almost. Almost there. Almost like 98% priests. <laughs> Uh, they kneel down before Bishop individually. They place their hands in his, and then Bishop asks them to make a solemn promise of obedience. And so here is Bishop talking about it again from the May 29th episode of Truth and Charity. Do you promise respect and obedience to me and my successors? And after they say, I do, then I conclude with these words, May God, who has begun the good work in you, bring it to fulfillment. Then it was on to the litany of supplication. This is probably one of my most favorite moments of all ordination masses. Really? Uh, Oh, yeah. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful moment as the whole congregation is united in prayer for the three deacons as they are laying face down or prostrate on the floor, which Mm -hmm. is such a gesture of profound humility as the litany is chanted. And I'll say that while we were there, I could feel during this part of the mass, the energy in the room with all of these saints' names being um, invoked. Yeah. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us. Saint Michael, pray for us. Holy angels of God, pray Saint John the Baptist, Saint Joseph, Saint Peter and Saint Paul, Saint Andrew, Saint John, Saint Mary Magdalene, Saint Stephen, 
St. Ignatius of Antioch. All right, well, we're going to take a break, and when we return, it's the moment of ordination for these three young men. If you have a question or comment, you can send a text to the Holy Cross College text line at 260-436-9598. We've got more on Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes, brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Welcome back to Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes. We're giving Bishop a break this week, and instead we're presenting a special episode focusing on the recent priestly ordination mass. So we just finished the litany of supplication, which is that powerful chanted prayer in which the whole congregation called for the intercession of the saints. And you said that was one of your favorite parts. Oh, yeah. Your favorite. My favorite part is what's coming up next, which Bishop says a closing prayer, everyone stands, and then one by one, the soon-to-be priest came forward, knelt before Bishop, and the ordination took place through the laying on of hands. So it's this ancient tradition going back to very early church, and there's a prayer of ordination. And then when both steps are complete, the men are priests. Mm Mm-hmm. Official. It's not like wait till the end of mass or anything like at this point, they are priests and they get to finish the rest of the mass as priests. Right. And so here's a clip from the prayer of ordination, specifically the words that Bishop is required to say in order for the ordination to be valid. Grant, we pray, almighty father, to these, your servants, the dignity of the priesthood, renew deep within them the spirit of holiness May they henceforth possess this office, which comes from you, O God, and is next in rank to the office of bishop. And by the example of their manner of life, may they instill right conduct. Then after the prayer of ordination was over, our diocese had three new priests. They were vested with the stole and chasuble signs of their priestly office. And each newly ordained priest chooses which priest they would like to vest them with the stole and chasuble. So that's always neat Mm -hmm. to see. And oftentimes it's a priest who has had a strong influence on them. Mm -hmm. Father Dan Neeser chose Father Jim Schaefer, who was pastor at St. Elizabeth Ann Seton Parish in Fort Wayne and was instrumental in Father Dan's discernment before joining seminary. When I started thinking about the seminary, I first reached out to my pastor at St. Elizabeth Ann Seton in Fort Wayne, who was Father Jim at the time, and I started to meet with him on a pretty regular basis during that first year of college when I was trying to figure out what these desires, what these thoughts meant about entering the seminary. And so, he was absolutely instrumental in kind of um, cultivating that initial seed, and um, for that, I, I can't thank him enough. All right, so after the priests are vested, they again kneel before bishop one by one and are anointed on their hands with the sacred chrism. And there was a previous episode of Truth and Charity where Bishop talked about the permanence associated with the sacraments that use the sacred chrism. The anointing with the chrism, it's, you know, of course, the sacred chrism is, is used at baptism, it's used at confirmation, and it's used at holy orders. And notice those are all sacraments that imprint an indelible character. There's something permanent. When one is baptized, one is permanently uh, united to Christ, becomes a child of God, temple of the Holy Spirit. One can only be baptized once. 
Then when one is confirmed, the person is anointed on their forehead in the sign of the cross with the sacred chrism, sealed with the gift of the Holy Spirit. Again, it's permanent. Confirmation can only be, be celebrated once. It's a permanent character in the soul. Same with priesthood ordination. Only once, a permanent character in the soul. And the sacred chrism in uh, priesthood ordination is on the, the palms of the hands because it's those hands that will offer the Eucharistic sacrifice. It's those hands that will bless people and give absolution, etc. Then the bread and the wine were presented for the celebration of Mass, and Bishop handed the paten and chalice to the new priests who were kneeling before him. And on the May 29th episode of Truth and Charity, Bishop talked we're about— referencing that one a lot. Yeah, we are, May, aren't we? May 29th episode. You know why? Go because, back and listen to that one. Because that May 29th episode, I'm going to say half of it, is dedicated to— and I think you mentioned this at the beginning of the show— is dedicated to Bishop breaking down the ordination rite right. from this Mass. So if you have a chance, because we are referring to it so often, just go back and listen to that uh, first half of that episode because he, he really does a good job of, of breaking it down. Here we're just giving you some highlights from that show. But yeah. So anyway, on the May 29th episode, Bishop talked about this moment when he's handing the patent and chalice to the new priests uh, and he has some special words to say for them at this point. Receive the oblation of the holy people to be offered to God. Understand what you do, imitate what you celebrate, and conform your life to the mystery of the Lord's cross. You know, those words, I could do a whole homily on those words because it gets to the very heart of priestly life and ministry that they are to offer the Eucharistic sacrifice. I'm exhorting them to understand what they do and to imitate what they celebrate, to imitate the self-giving love of Jesus on the cross, to conform their lives to the mysteries, mystery of the Lord's cross, which means they are to give themselves to the flock entrusted to their care, that the priestly Ministry is an office of love in imitation of the good shepherd who laid down his life for the sheep. And I know I said that it was my favorite part earlier, but I actually think the next part is my favorite part. Make up your mind. The, <laughs> the, <laughs> I, they call it the fraternal kiss, which is actually an embrace. Mm -hmm. it, it looks a little bit awkward, maybe. Like it's not, it's not a regular it's not. hug. It's a unique embrace. Yeah. Yeah. They kind of like... And everybody did it exactly the same. I was right. waiting for somebody to be like, hey, come on, bring it in. But they five. they like grab their shoulders and kind of do a like duck on the left, duck on the right. It's sort of European. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's very, it's formal. It looks a little formal. Right. Mm -hmm. And so this symbolizes that they're now brothers in the priesthood. So the rite of ordination was over and then it's on to the liturgy of the Eucharist. And the new priests are able to concelebrate mm -hmm. with the other priests that are there and bishop. And so it's really their first mass. Right. We, I think we, a lot of times we talk about the first mass that they're celebrating right. themselves, right. Not, not concelebrating. Right. But this is really their, their first mass as priests. So bishop 
ends the morning by giving thanks to God, all those who played a part in the mass, as well as all those who influenced the new priests in their spiritual formation, and ended by thanking the new priests themselves. And finally, thank you to Father Spencer, Father Daniel, and Father Jose. Doesn't it sound good to hear that, Father? For your yes to the call of the Lord. going to take a break. And just a reminder that if you have a question for Bishop Rhodes, you can always text the Holy Cross College text line at 260-436-9598. We'll be right back with Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes, brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Hello, we just finished the ordination of the priesthood for the Diocese of Fort Wayne, South Bend. We now have Father Spencer St. Louis, Father Jose Arroyo Acevedo, and Father Daniel Neeser. We're very excited that they're ordained. Let's turn over to our sideline reporter. <laughs> That's me. Okay, no, it was, it was beautiful. Um, it's my first time attending a priesthood ordination as a priest now. Um, so it's just joyful. Uh, my priesthood anniversary is tomorrow, actually. So I'm looking forward to celebrating that too. So, all right, back to you, Kyle. <laughs> that was Father David Hunick. He is a priest over at St. Jude's in Fort Wayne. And we are doing a very special episode of Truth and Charity without Bishop Rhodes. I'm Kyle Hyman here with Miriam Schmitz, the producer of Truth and Charity. And so this is a behind-the-scenes peak of the ordination mass. After mass is over, we've already kind of covered, if you're just joining us, a lot of the mass. Go back mm-hmm. and listen to it. But after the mass is over, I had a chance to sit down and talk with some of the family members of our new priests. And so here is Mrs. St. Louis talking about the most unexpected part of the Mass for her. It was very exciting. Um, It was uh, the most unexpected part of it was when they took the chairs away that were sitting down here by the families. It was the moment when it was like, okay, he's no longer going to be with us in the pews. He's going to be up front now. And he's the church, church's son now. And here's Milagros Acevedo, the mother of Father Jose after Mass. Well, it, it was a, an exciting day. It was very sentimental. We have been a long time waiting for Jose to, to be a priest, and finally he made it. And we are so excited. I'm proud also. <laughs> and Father Jose's little brother, Joe, who drove 12 hours from Connecticut to be at the ordination, shared in the excitement of the day and had some exciting plans for the future, too. I feel so so happy because he just gave me a blessing and and now I I know I I, I could be sure to go to him for some advice which I always did but now it's official you know he's the father so I'm really 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 glad and happy for him and I'm planning on in the future I'm not legally married but I'm planning to do that and I want him to be the father to give us the blessing. As a side note, I also asked if he would ever go to confession to his brother. Yeah. He said, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. How would you feel going <laughs> to your brother? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe pass on that one. <laughs> find, <laughs> find somebody else. We should ask Bishop that question if he's ever had a family member come to him for yeah. confession. He probably wouldn't say. Yeah, he probably wouldn't. Scratch that. <laughs> 
right. And finally, here is the family of Father Dan Neeser, starting with his dad. Uh, beautiful day. Bishop did a, said a wonderful mass. Just happy for all three priests. Happy for our diocese. It's just real good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm Kelly Coyle, sister of now Father Daniel Neeser. And hi, I'm Zach Coyle, Kelly's husband and brother-in-law of Daniel Neeser. We uh, are very excited for Danny today. The Mass just finished. It was beautiful. I, My favorite part, watching him walk in, and he just was so happy. The joy, I don't know. You can't, you just look at him and see, as my brother, seeing how joyful he is is awesome. When I first met Father Daniel, he was a sophomore in high school, and even then he had a holiness and reverence about him. And it's truly grown over these last eight years of formation. He's such a good man, and he'll do so much good for our diocese. May God bless him and Father Spencer and Father Jose today and always, and all of our priests and religious. Brian McMichael is the director of the Diocesan Office of Worship, and he plays a big part in coordinating these special masses, including the priestly ordination masses. And Kyle, you had a chance to talk with him once the mass was over. Now, there is a lot of coordination ahead of time, certainly personnel and everything. And first of all, I want to say it's a team effort. Uh, I'm helped in my office by uh, Karen Fitzpatrick and Terry Broberg-Swangen. But then really coordinating with the uh, the MCs, so that'd be Father Royce Gregerson, Father Nathan Maskell. And then it's always terrific to have all the seminarians back. And uh, it's all hands on deck for this one. So, uh, yeah, there's preparation that goes in ahead of time. But then really, especially with the rehearsal last night and just fine-tuning everything and going through the ritual and walking through it. It's beautiful to see it come together. We met with the two, then Deacon Neeser and Deacon Jose Arroyo, and then Father, uh, or then Deacon uh, Spencer Skyped in from Rome. This was before Christmas, to get just the initial stuff down, like, you know, what readings are you thinking about? What music? That sort of thing. Certainly the music is a big part of it. There's a little bit of back and forth, you know. We have three people and you want to, you, you got some preferences, and then certainly uh, the diocese, the bishop, reviews it, and then working with uh, our wonderful uh, cathedral choir. So it all comes together over time, and uh, it's not like we're consistently working on it all the time. Obviously, there's big things like, you know, Lent and Easter and Mass and everything in between, but, uh, you know, we, we get a jump on it months in advance and then uh, start to fill in the details. In particular, the last couple years, having uh, Father Jose involved, we made a special effort to, uh, I guess you could say, bilingualize some of the music, but especially the program, the worship aid for the Mass. It was a good thing to do. I'm glad we have that template, and it's, uh, it was fun to look through the Spanish ritual at the same time, and uh, side by side, and then uh, incorporate as much as we could. So hopefully that was a big help to the Hispanic community. The lines quickly began forming as people eagerly awaited to receive a blessing from one of the newly ordained priests. Through the intercession of Holy Mary, Mother of God, and all the saints, and through the imposition of my priestly hands, may the blessing of the Almighty God, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit come upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. And Father Jose was able to offer his blessing in Spanish. Por intercesión de Santa María, Madre de Dios, y todos los santos, y por la imposición de mis manos sacerdotales, que la bendición del Dios Todopoderoso, el Padre, el Hijo y el Espíritu Santo descienda sobre ti y permanezca para siempre. Amén. So now we have three new priests in the diocese and back in the studio, we had asked them what they're most looking forward to as priests. So here's Father Dan. Mostly because of the impact that it's had on my life, I am most looking forward to receiving 
people's sins as the priest in the sacrament of confession and being that instrument of, of God's mercy and forgiveness and healing and peace in that, um, in that way. Such a beautiful and intimate moment that is for people's lives. And to know that this is the God that, that loves us, that, um, that he is a merciful God, uh, and that now I get to be a part of that mercy is just kind of blowing my mind uh, to think about. So I absolutely can't wait to, to be a part of that, that love and mercy and forgiveness. Father Spencer St. Louis shared something similar, saying he was most looking forward to administering the sacraments. Being able to have that set apart and do the things that a priest only can do to offer the sacred mass, to forgive sins in the sacrament of confession, to anoint and prepare the soul for death, to be with people when they're, they're at their, the highs of their life, the baptisms of children, weddings, to be able to enter into these different families at these different stages of life um, and to really be an integral part representing God and, and being um, the person of Christ to them are what I'm most looking forward to in a day-to-day life of being a priest. And then Father Jose Royo said he felt a special calling to serve the poor. The part of being a priest that I'm looking um, looking forward to the most would be celebrating Mass and um, celebrating uh, Confession, the Sacrament of Reconciliation. What drew me to the priesthood was the anointing of the sick, and I think celebrating that sacrament, I'm looking forward to that. And In fact, I've been invited in different occasions um, to go to uh, a mission trip in Honduras and different places so that I can help in the remote areas where people have to walk two hours to go to Mass. So imagine the sick. They don't have a priest that comes to them. So I would love to uh, go to their homes and anoint uh, anoint them. Um, And that, I think, is just a blessing because I encounter Christ as they encounter Christ in, in my priesthood. So, Father Jose Royal now serves as parochial vicar at St. John the Evangelist Parish in Goshen. Father Daniel Neeser is parochial vicar at St. Vincent de Paul Parish in Elkhart, as well as part-time chaplain at Mishawaka's Marion High School. And Father Spencer St. Louis is serving as parochial vicar at St. Mary of the Assumption Parish in Decatur for the summer only, because he'll be heading back to Rome to complete his studies. Mm-hmm. Very exciting. So it was a great Mass. We're looking forward to next year when, God willing, we will be ordaining two more priests to serve our diocese. And be sure to go back and listen to those past episodes of Truth and Charity for more kind of before the ordination with Bishop and kind of some reflections on and a little bit more info about his homily as well. Yeah, the May 29th episode is the one I mentioned earlier that where he breaks down the Mass. And then I should say, too, that if you listen to the June 5th episode of Truth and Charity, Bishop breaks down his homily yeah. a little bit more. So that's that may be another good resource. All right. So next week on Truth and Charity, our good Bishop returns. The wager is over. Time for him to get back to work. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> So be sure to listen to our next episode of Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes, brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. But before we go, I asked the then deacons, what is one thing about yourself that most people don't know? Here are their responses. I was originally born with a speech impediment. Um, 
don't know how to say in English. In Spanish, it's called frenillo. Um, so th- my mom says I didn't really speak um, until I was like three years old. And uh, so I'm making up for that because I love to talk now. I was an Eagle Scout、um, growing up, and I think that it, the national average is 2% of those who enter Scouts become Eagle.、Um, so that's a really special opportunity that I had. And I learned a lot about leadership、um, and just growing, growing into that, that role of being a leader, but then also、um, accompanying people along the way. So, scouting taught me a lot about myself that I didn't know before, helped me to grow, and then also helped me to prepare for a future life of ministry. I am a pretty good jump roper. I used to participate in a, in a team in my elementary school where we would tour. Different schools and do different performances and things. And,、um, and basically, ever since like second grade, I, I jump roped a lot and I became really, I got really good at it along with all my brothers and sisters who also did it.、Um, and so, every once in a while, when I'm at schools with little kids, you know, I'll, I'll pull out the jump rope and at recess and I'll start doing some, you know, crazy stuff. And they'll And they'll just go nuts.、Uh, you know, Father Dan, look at that! Or like Deacon Dan, Seminary Dan, whoever I was at the time. But、um, so, anyway, that's probably something that people don't know too much about myself. 